0: So tonight um, we welcome you to another ad hoc session of the uh, Corona Investigative Committee. And we are pleased and honored to talk to a country that is uh, people from a country that's very far away from where we are. And so we are talking to um, Micronesia and the place is Vanuatu. We have two guests and it would be lovely if you could introduce yourselves.
1: Thank you very much. Um... My name is uh, Andrew Napwat, member of parliament uh, in the Vanuatu, uh, 12th legislature in the Vanuatu parliament. Uh, I come from the island of Tana uh, uh, in the Tafei province in Vanuatu. Um, We are part of the Melanesian group. Uh, You said Micronesia, but uh, we have Micronesia, Polynesia and Melanesia in the Pacific Uh region. We are Melanesia. So I'll, I'll let my colleague to introduce himself.
2: Uh, thank you. My name is John Salong. I'm a member of parliament for Ambrem constituency. Ambrem is also an island in the Republic of Vanuatu, and uh, it's a privilege to be part of uh, this ad hoc meeting.
3: It's an honor to have you um, in our on our Corona committee. I think I have we have to visit you because it sounds oh. very very interesting, and it sounds like a lovely place where you are.
1: You're most welcome to come anytime and visit <laughs> i will
3: i'll take you up on this offer um, um and i'll bring my wife too um so what is the situation with respect to corona in your part of the world because many people think oh this is only this is only to do with the uh, western world and maybe parts of uh india maybe parts of latin america but they don't think that this is a worldwide problem. You you have very similar experience um, as the rest of the world, correct?
1: Yes, um, we. I think we were one of the uh, last countries in the world to uh, uh, get a community transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened uh, just a month ago uh, on March oh. uh, March the 5th, We had a community transmission in the main center here in in, in Port Vila, which is the capital city of Vanuatu, And we've been uh, trying to um, control the virus by, you know, locking the whole place up for about 42 or uh, 45 days. And and then restrictions are beginning to be lifted bit by bit, but not Mm -hmm. the whole country. So, for for example, the place where uh, we're staying now, which is uh, the main island of Ifate, restrictions have been lifted, but in other islands which um, have just discovered that there is this Omicron virus in some of those islands, they've gone back to what we call level three. And so it's like total lockdown for the islands. That's the situation we're in now. So before that, we had uh, cases coming to Vanuatu but only at uh, our borders so mostly they would uh, go to the quarantine uh, sites and then after they have been tested negative they are free to come out to the communities (coughs) but uh, that's the first community transmission that happened on the 5th of March uh, this year.
3: Um, the thing is that, you know, one of the, one of the politicians uh, whom we interviewed, I think a year ago or so, is a former assistant secretary of uh, uh, housing and urban development in the United States. She's also a former investment banker. Her name is Catherine Austin Fitz, and she understands very well what is going on. Um, she understands that this is not a pandemic, but rather a pandemic, which was created um, through the PCR test, which uh, is the basis for all these so-called cases. But if you take a closer look, then of course you realize PCR tests cannot tell you anything about infections. This was manufactured in order to guarantee cases so that they could go forward with their agenda. Catherine austin Fitz calls the people who are behind this. We don't, we, we don't see very many of them. We see some of their puppets. Bill Gates, we think, is one of them. But she calls this whole group Mr. Global because many of them are in the backdrop. I think we're dealing, and this is based on the expert testimony we got from psychologists and psychiatrists, I think we're dealing with a group of very rich people who are megalomaniacs and psychopaths. Uh, they're rich because they stole um, our money and our assets. They've been doing this not just yours but ours as well, the Americans as well. They've been doing this for decades, maybe for maybe for much longer. And um, the thing is, is was there were there two attempted takeovers uh, by Mr. Global or the World Economic Forum or the Who? It's always the same uh, group of people. Was there one in 2020 and another one now?
1: So uh, let me let me give you a little bit of background about what actually happened so when when uh, we heard about this uh, coronavirus in in China and how it was spreading across the world um, our parliament uh, our government decided to introduce a motion uh, to indemnify the pharmaceutical companies and that motion was passed in our parliament on the 20th of April 2021 so they presented the motion in parliament. And according to the, the finance minister uh, tabled the, the motion and was seconded by the minister of health. And we ha- had to ask lots and lots of questions in parliament, trying to question why we have to indemnify these pharmaceutical companies. What is going to happen if you know, we start to face the side effects of vaccines that have not gone through proper clinical trials and all of that and the assurance that we got from them in parliament which uh, by the way we have 52 members of parliament Mm -hmm. and this motion was uh, voted for by 40 members of parliament and the reason why they got away with with, uh, this uh, uh, big number of votes in parliament was because they told us that uh, when we passed the motion Uh, the vaccines are going to be purchased and sent to Vanuatu and they will be stored at a central location here in the main uh, hospital. Uh, And and that was why, and and they even said that it it was not going to be compulsory or mandatory for people to receive the vaccines and it, it was going to be stored in a certain place. So if people want to get vaccinated, they will have to go to this central place and get vaccinated. And that was a big lie. That was the reason why 40 members of parliament voted for the motion, six uh, abstained, and one voted against the motion. And then they said that uh, the vaccines are not going to be rolled out until the, uh, the government goes around the provinces and the islands to do a massive awareness to, you know, inform the people about the vaccines, the side effects, the benefits of the vaccines, and all of that. So all these debates that went on in parliament, uh, they, they managed to convince a lot of members of parliament to vote for it because it was not mandatory at that time. And so after the motion was passed in parliament, the next thing we realized was there was no awareness done in the provinces and the islands. Secondly, they started issuing policies directives and regulations coercing uh, people and threatening people to lose their jobs if they are not vaccinated. And they never went around the places to uh, do the awareness, even though the people in the communities and in the islands asked for uh, more awareness about the vaccines, they never did. And interestingly, some of the islands are so remote, but these vaccines reach these islands and went into the remote areas. And, and, and you know, our people living in the remote areas, they have not seen health services for a number of years. They have not seen the health offices uh, volunteers whatsoever to go and, you know, give them basic drugs and basic health services. But for these vaccines, they had to travel to all the islands and even the remote areas. Some went by boat, some of them, even the roads are so muddy and and like so muddy and and. Uh, for the trucks, that uh, even trucks cannot go to these places yet, they took the vaccines and walked to these places, and and started you know vaccinating people. And they were misleading people. What mm. they've been telling our people is, if you don't get vaccinated, you're not going to travel by plane, you're not going to travel by the ship, you're not going to uh, go to the shops, uh, to the main centers to you know for markets and and whatever. They've been telling them and and. The people were feeling like they're going to be shut out of every government services if they don't get vaccinated. And so this is how they managed to get some of our population vaccinated because of the threatening words that they were using, confusing words and misleading words. And they went as far as uh, passing a policy in the Council of Ministers threatening to arrest, detain, and prosecute anybody who was giving any information uh, other than the one that they were giving about the, the coronavirus and, and the vaccines. And so this was like a threat to our sovereignty, a threat to our constitutional rights. Uh, we, have, we have the right to, you know, in our constitution freedom of expression. We, we, we could not do it. And, and the people, as, as soon as they saw these kind of orders, they started to have fear amongst uh the, the leaders and and even the normal citizens in the communities they, they they could not come out and talk and so it had to take me and my colleague here mb john solo to come out and started talking and we started reminding the people about their rights in the constitution that you know you can ask questions it's not that you cannot ask questions you can ask questions question what the government is doing and try and get information that is helpful to you and your family and so that's how we started coming out and by the way we 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 got threatened to be arrested or prosecuted because we were talking and we didn't give up we, we had to go the hard way and started talking to the people by doing videos we released uh at the moment we've released uh nine video uh nine, ten videos already uh we're talking to the people giving them information and thankfully we've been using some of the information that uh your committee has been you know uh, presenting and, and even yourself uh, saying so thank you very much for all the information that you've been sharing to us and and, and that was the situation back in in 2020 mm-hmm. uh, that's how they got many uh, 21 that's how they got many people vaccinated this year because they declared a state of emergency uh, that went on for two years at the beginning of this year the minister of health signed uh, Held emergency regulation order, and with that order, it became. Uh, although the wording did not come out in the orders like mandatory, but they had uh, uh, sentences like "all uh, workers must be vaccinated." So the word "must" in there is already mandatory, the way it sounds. And so all the public servants, the teachers, even some companies here. Uh, private companies applied this this, uh, uh, rules in their organizations and companies and were threatening uh, officers to be terminated if they don't get vaccinated. And so that is the uh, order that we've been challenging up to now uh, within within the country that is implemented by government officers and our government and even the private uh, sector and private companies.
3: So this is of particular importance for us and for the general public, because for the first time uh, we can actually see the people, you can see the people who are doing this, because in all of the other larger countries, we can only see the puppets. We, can, we, we cannot see who is behind this, but in your case, it sounds as though the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum and the un they're basically all of them one and the same in the meantime they're all under control of the world economic forum in your case it looks as though they're ruling directly they're trying to directly impose um mandates in your country or are they using some of your politicians for that yes the thing is
1: if you, if you um if you look at it from uh when, when the parliament talked about it they said it was not going to be mandatory mm-hmm. the question is who wrote that policy for it to be mandatory after parliament yes yes and you know in in Vanuatu the, the thing is it's a bit funny because the world health organization has an office within the ministry of health or uh, premises so we believe that they are, uh, the the world health organization is embedded into the ministry of health structure that is why, they dictate everything that is going on, and because Vanuatu is such a small place, like a village, we can almost see everything that is happening here. We know the people; uh, we see what they are doing. Uh, like if if they talk about a policy and then suddenly it changes, we know it, it's not from our leaders; it must be from this uh, yes. from the World Health Organization. And so and so and so that is that is the the, the situation here. Uh, in Vanuatu, they are actually walking in and even on the most of our media uh, the government's media releases uh, in front of cameras and on the radio the World Health Organization sits there with them to talk to the people and and, and we thought we're thinking that you know the World Health Organization is supposed to be an advisor to us this is a sovereign country they cannot dictate what is happening In our policies, we either take their advice or leave their advice. But the way they're doing it is like the government is saying one thing, but the actions are totally different. And with that, we know that WHO is running the show here. And that is very serious to us because we are a sovereign nation and as elected officials, we represent people in the communities and we are defending our rights and our freedoms that are in our constitution but the way who is doing this and that is why we came out in one of our articles and we asked who maybe it's time you just pack up and leave our country it was yes. alone
0: <laughs> can i ask you the people who represent the bio in your country um who are they are these foreigners are these americans or like who, who are these people or is this is this also people from your country
1: so um, the main uh, uh, guy, like the doctor who, who spearheading all of this uh, in, in the WHO office, is, is a is a doctor from France, and another uh, doctor from Korea. They are the two foreigners who are uh, driving this this uh, agenda within the WHO office in Vanuatu.
0: Mm-hmm. And have they been installed there just, uh, you know, during the crisis or have they been around for a longer time?
1: Um, The French doctor was was around for for a while, but uh, I don't know about the Korean. I think she came in later.
3: This is, as I said, this is extremely important. It's extremely important because for the very first time we can actually see that these people these people are behind this. Here in Germany, or in the US, or in any of the other countries, we've only seen their puppets, but all of a sudden they are not wearing masks, so to speak, but rather you can see them in plain sight. This is like looking at what's going on through a magnifying glass. Because here in Germany and in the US, you can't see who's really behind them. Of course, we all know that it's the WHO and it's the World Economic Forum. And uh and all the other uh, um, uh international or global NGOs. They're all run by the same people. That's why we have to get rid of them. We have to uh disconnect from them and and set up our own systems. But it's a for the very first time that someone is telling us, someone who is a member of parliament like you, a real politician, uh, is telling us that it's not your own people who are doing this but rather they're embedded and they're trying to take over your sovereignty. That's really, really important. I hope this is going to wake up a lot more people because it is important to understand that that is what their ultimate goal is. It has nothing to do with health. Um, it, It has everything to do with control. They want to take over the world. It's like a dystopian James Bond movie, lots of crazy people out there. Really. Uh, and we have to know this and we have and that's why it's so important that you're still in the saddle that you still speak out, <clears throat> still speak out because one of the uh, psychologists whom we spoke with, because, of course, people want to understand why is this happening? Why are people playing along with this and instead of telling them to go to hell, which is what we should really do, do. And it has to do with psychology. Much of it has to do with psychology. They're abusing psychology, psychiatry, sociology, and this has been a, uh, a, a long planned agenda, they've probably put a lot of work for many years into this, and now they're through psychological terrorism, they're manipulating people, their most important tool is fear, fear, they're using yes. fear and panic. But if we manage to tell the people that there's no reason to be afraid because we're many more than them, we're much smarter than them, these people are evil, we're the good guys. If we make people understand this, they can immediately say, I do not consent, I don't need you, you need us, but we don't need you, go to hell, because that is where they belong. Of course, you can state this in different terms as a lawyer, <laughs> when I'm in a court of law, I speak differently, but I think this is the way it should. It really should be.
1: So, so the other thing uh, is um, that we've been asking questions and we are representing the people, they, they uh, forwarded their questions to us, uh, to, to us and we wrote official letters to the Ministry of Health and we requested information on behalf of the people. And we know that the WHO, they have the information and they control a lot of the information uh, that is sitting within the Ministry of Health. The simple thing for them to do was to provide that information to us, for us to give the information to our people because we represent the people they never responded to any of our questions. They were hiding information, like we, we asked for, uh, for information uh, relating to side effects of the vaccines. We know that they have it here, and our people are willing to give us that information, but we know that there must have been an instruction mm. from, the, from the WHO that they are, must not give out this information to us. We're still asking for this information up until today and, you know, transparency with what they're doing. We don't know what is going on. They've been, you know, they never gave us information, uh, that we were asking about the side effects and all these things. They never gave it to us. And the other thing is, the other thing is, uh, uh, So uh, the they, uh, have been, you know, running this project for two years now, more than two years now. We asked a very simple question to them that, you know, in all government projects or all funded projects, there is a monitoring and evaluation framework set up. It's been over two years already. Why can't you give us a report uh, telling us the success uh, of the vaccines? Because we didn't have the virus at that time. We wanted to know if the vaccines are actually helping the people because we've been hearing from our communities that people are experiencing the side effects of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And we asked for this information and they never gave this information to us. And so um, we believe that the Ministry of Health here, they don't have answers because they don't understand what they're doing. They are being driven by by, by some people. That is why they don't have the answer to, to, to give to us. And and by the way, in Wanwatu, we don't have specialists here. You know, cardiologists, uh, epidemiologists. We don't have them here. And so, whenever we ask questions, they say, "Oh, just listen to WHO. And I mean, <laughs> you know,
3: you know, know, know why you you know why you don't have these specialists? Because you don't need them. You have your <laughs> own medicine, and I mean, or else you wouldn't be there. That's yeah. that's another positive side effects of uh, this very, very dangerous crisis that we're dealing with. This is a crisis for all of humanity. But one of the positive side effects is that people are beginning to rethink the positions that they have been told to take. For example, here in the western part of the world, Pharmaceutical industry is everything. That is what medicine is about. But no, it's dangerous. The pharmaceutical industry, we have found out, do not care about the health of the people. They only care about profits. It's natural medicine, which is the foundation for real medicine. And that's what we're going to look at much closer now. And and obviously, I mean, even if you don't have these specialists, you're alive, your people are alive, It tells you that your own medicine is probably working much better than what you're getting right now. And if you look at the side effects that the people are experiencing because of the shots, it has to do with the fact that uh, no um, trials, no drug trials have been done. They are lying about this. We know it because one of the people, a whistleblower came to us and gave us an interview. She works for a CRO, which is a clinical research organization. They're the ones who conduct clinical trials for the big pharmaceutical companies. And she explained to us in great detail that no real trials were conducted. All of the numbers were forged and they destroyed their own control group. You have to have a group of vaccinated and another group of unvaccinated people. They destroyed their own control group, the unvaccinated people, because they vaccinated them two months into the trial. This means you cannot trust these global pharmaceutical corporations. You cannot trust the politicians who are on their payroll, and you cannot trust the mainstream media, which are a a particular problem in the Western uh, world. I don't know, what role do, does the mainstream media, um, have they helped uh, the WHO, or are they still uh, trying to stay neutral?
2: Uh, see, in Vanuatu, basically, um, uh, WHO controls the media as well, which we only have a couple of uh, media outlets. Uh, the television of Vanuatu is owned by the national government. So we, as mm-hmm. members of parliament, been trying to educate the population about the risks of the vaccines are not basically allowed to go and speak on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we want to put anything out in the other media, which is private, we have to pay because uh, WHO pays for a lot of advertising into the private media companies here. And because it's a small place, Uh, If they were to say anything contrary to what the main message is that has been instructed to them, obviously they would lose their advertising money. And uh, a lot of our, a few of our doctors who are um, trusted uh, have been also co-opted by by the agency, just by basically contracting them as private uh, consultants to work for the Ministry of Health. Mm-hmm. So all of them have been spouting the same message that is uh, given by uh, by WHO. So in terms of uh, media, a different uh, alternative uh, narrative, we've had to go to uh, putting out our own videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, the social media, of course, has uh, uh, banned us in many instances, like in, in YouTube and Facebook have been banned many times because uh, of uh, the fact that we try to uh, give a different message for people to understand that the vaccines are not really vaccines, they're poisons yes. that are going into the people's bodies. Mm-hmm. And we've had many, many anecdote. but as, uh, as informed by Honorable Andronapa before, it's, uh, it's not possible to get official information coming from the Ministry of Health, mm-hmm. because uh, they also, receive a lot of funding from the global fund which is a fund that comes from the Melinda and Bill Gates foundation right. and uh, because of the funding that has been coming through the official channels it's very difficult for us to get real uh, information coming from the, the responsible uh, departments and ministries of government because they have embedded themselves into into our government agencies well
0: it's really just like what Raina said, it's so amazing your situation, because it's like through the looking glass, you yeah. can really see like in your face what's going on behind closed doors in the other countries, you know, because it's so, so brutally honest kind of the what, what they are doing there. I think it's, it's absolutely shocking. I was wondering how many um, really sick people of Corona did your country experience um, at all? that you would know of. And what are, I mean, how many people are now vaccinated? (laughs) How many people do you assume have uh, experienced side effects?
3: So the question is not how many cases do you have, because that's what they claim. They test positive. But we know that most of the cases that tested positive are false positives. This is only done by them in order to create cases. But the really interesting question, and that's what Vivian is asking is, have you had any real cases, people who have symptoms, any real cases of illness before the so called vaccination started?
2: Well, you have to go back to March uh, 2020. Basically, Vanuatu closed to close down the borders and started to control the um, people who were coming in. So they would go into quarantine for 14 days as required by the um, WHO. And so people who were coming in from uh, foreign countries were tested and there was uh, a few incidents, probably 15 or so who, who tested uh, positive um, and we were left in quarantine until they, they were negative before they got released into the communities until um, as uh, expressed before until march uh this year 2022 Mm -hmm. um vaccination started about uh june of uh june 4th of 2021 last year so it's nearly a year now that vaccination has been going on um in the whole two years period there was basically nothing in the in the in the country and so in march on march the fifth they said that uh there was a release of Corona um, Delta variant yeah. into, the, mm-hmm. uh, into mm-hmm. the sorry Omicron sorry Omicron yeah. variant mm-hmm. into the community, and um, so people started to lock down uh, Port Villa area so we wouldn't travel, mm-hmm. and then uh, Omicron was uh, found in other places where nobody would have gone from Port Villa too. So obviously, uh, it seems like Omicron is just a flu. It's a seasonal flu that when the people are controlled and they don't travel from island to island, yet they've tested uh, positive cases in islands where nobody traveled from the center, which was completely quarantined. And it's become clear that uh, we are just uh, talking about not uh, um, infections, per se, but, uh, Cases and exactly. uh, cases not Definitely. of uh, anything to do with corona, but cases yeah. of basically a seasonal flu in Vanuatu. Yeah. And yet, we sacrificed our economy for two years. Oh and God. basically, Vanuatu is based on uh, tourism, and it's like 40% of the economy comes from to- uh, services, which is mostly driven by tourism, and mm-hmm. it's collapsed in the last two years. And this is because of the dictates of the WHO and the fear that, as you mentioned earlier, has been driven into everybody, into thinking that everybody's gonna die from some, uh, some corona, which after so many years, after two years, they're still not able to present us any data to demonstrate that they have uh, um, been managing the situation in a way that we expect. This, you want to drive these kinds of policies? You set up the uh, normal monitoring and evaluation framework, and you give us a report on how you've managed it, so we can learn lessons. But they're not willing to share any of that information, which makes us com- believe that uh, the agenda that is being driven uh, from the rest of the world is uh, is being implemented here. If I can uh, just uh, add to to that uh, by sharing
1: an experience, some experiences that that uh you know, it happened just very recently. So like uh, the Honorable uh, John Salong said, uh, when we discovered that there was a community transmission, they looked down the island of Efate, and so there was no flights going to other islands. So one of um, our provinces far north of Vanuatu that's close to Solomon Islands, it's, it's very remote. Somehow they said they found the virus there, the Omicron virus. They, they found the virus in that island, and you know there was no flight to that island. We don't even know how it got there, but they said they found the virus there. And then they went to another island uh, in, in the central uh, part of Vanuatu, in one of the provinces. And because they saw the students, because this, like from this month until August, around August is the flu season in Vanuatu. We all know that. Every year, all the citizens know that this is flu season. And, and there was uh, this very big flu uh, happening in, in one of the schools. And so they had to charter planes and put all the medical equipment and, and, and fly to uh, this island and went to the school and tested the students and said, oh, we found Omicron here in this school. And they never told us how it went to that school and how the students got the Omicron virus. No boat go there, no no plane, yet they said they found the Omicron virus there. And so one of the questions that we asked in in our uh, latest video was if this is the uh, flu season, tell us how your rapid antigen test can differentiate between a normal flu and an omicron virus. That question has never been answered.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Very good question. All of the experts have been telling us that coronaviruses have been around for a long time, for decades. There are four different kinds, types of, corona, of the coronavirus, and that are th- those four types are endemic, and they're in they're contained in most common flus and in most uh, uh, colds that people get, and that's why one of the reasons why the test, which cannot uh, tell us anything about infections anyway, but why the test um, cannot even tell the difference between the common flu or the cold or the coronavirus. It does find fragments of the coronavirus, but only fragments, but that's all. And it doesn't mean that you're infected with anything. And the big thing is, of course, if the only thing you're looking for is the coronavirus, then that's the only thing you're gonna find. If people have symptoms, what a real doctor does is in order to find out what does he suffer from. I mean, the symptom is easy to see. If you go to to a a doctor, you give him the symptoms, he's going to say, oh, this could be the flu, this could be a cold, or it could be something much, much worse, but we're going to have to do, and this is what is called uh, differential diagnostics. That's how they find out a real doctor, that's how they find out what causes the symptoms. But if you only look for the coronavirus, and that's the only answer you're going to come up with, it makes no sense. They've been lying in so many aspects to us that I, as an attorney, I'm usually a really rational person, but I don't believe them a word anymore. They are pathological liar, um, emphasis on pathological. And uh, it has nothing to do with health, and that's why it's so important to get the truth out, to get as many people as possible to understand what's really going on. I was gonna ask you, are you aligned with any uh, other country uh, so that you can uh, uh, um, uh, fight together with lots of support from other countries? Or do you want, do you want us to connect you with some of the other countries? Uh, it turns out that countries like yours or India, or Africa are much more aware and much more suspicious of these criminal activities than countries like most countries in the Western world. They think they're educated, but they're not. Education means that uh, their instincts and uh, their inspirations have been killed in effect, and that's why they don't see the dangers but your country seems to understand because it's, from what I hear from you, it's not just you two, but a a large part of a population that doesn't, um, that has begun to ask questions, right? Uh,
2: Yes, look, uh, we haven't, uh, we're not necessarily aligned with anybody per se. So Mm -hmm. it would be really good to connect with other countries uh, that have people like us who are trying to fight back. The lies have been going on for such a long time. When there was a community outbreak of so-called Omicron in in Vanuatu, one of the remaining questions that we've asked is, if it was really Omicron and it was really those who were vaccinated were supposed to be better off than those who were not vaccinated. When there was the outbreak, those who were not uh, vaccinated were healing up a lot quicker uh, from the seasonal flu than those who were vaccinated. Yes. And uh, they were coming back to the same um uh, non-medicine uh uses that we have we have we were been using against flu like ginger mm-hmm. and lemon, which everybody knows about in the country. So even the official uh, medication there was none for those who, who were vaccinated. They were coming back to uh the normal uh stuff we used to we usually take in terms of uh trying to fight back against flu. So it's quite clear that uh, the lies have been perpetuated so much, and it continues to be perpetuated, and uh, we need to continue to fight. So it would be really good to connect with other people who are uh, having successes on the ground, especially in identifying who the culprits are and how to get them to stop being uh, controlling our countries.
3: We will connect you with some of the politicians, very active politicians, for for example, from the United States, from India. Other countries as well. Some of the doctors and uh, some of the lawyers. Uh, do you have any lawyers who are looking into this? We 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 have
1: a, we've engaged a lawyer who's who's helping us to uh, basically start uh, you know writing letters to some of the em, em, employee employers like the Public Service Commission, uh, and basically what we've done. Uh, for the last couple of weeks is we've issued uh, cease and desist letters to them uh, to these employers and reminding them about uh, um, about uh, our constitutional rights which are, are being infringed <coughs> by these uh, orders and regulations uh, which are unconstitutional and uh, yesterday uh, the daily post which is the main newspaper here publish uh, an article uh, we've served a notice legal notice to the government informing them that uh, we're going to sue them for what they're doing but uh, you know we really need uh, help uh, in terms of getting a, a good lawyer to help us fight our case in 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 Vanuatu
3: we will make sure you get it um we are actually we just got out of another zoom conference with a group of international lawyers um and we're planning to file a case for damages, a complaint in the United States. Uh, There are some parts in the United States where the judiciary still functions well. Another place where the judiciary still functions very well is India. They're actually going after Bill Gates for mass murder there. Um, So that'll make a big impression on him, I think. Um, And, uh, we believe that if we manage to file a complaint in the United States, we can take advantage of the much more advanced legal system as compared with the German legal system. The German legal system is uh, compared with the American legal system it's the stone ages, uh, but they have class actions which means that if you have a large number of people who suffer damage because of uh, a defective product, for example, in this case, it's the PCR test because it's not supposed to be used for diagnostic purposes. All of everything is based on the PCR test, the lockdowns, which destroyed many businesses, social distancing, and of course the vaccinations, which are not vaccinations. So if we get this filed as a class action, and, um, and then there's only one person, only one plaintiff, um, a, what they call a representative plaintiff, um, who suffered typical damages. And he will then sue on behalf of everyone else who joins that group. And if we manage to get this thing on the road so that it's going to be an international class action, that will mean that everyone from everywhere who suffered damages. And most people did suffer damages. Um, many people lost their businesses. Many people were um, suffered um, health damages. Some some died. Uh, so if we manage to do that, then we're going to get we're going to get hundreds of millions of plaintiffs. The number in itself of so many people will speak very loudly and clearly to the other side. They will know that something is going on. And because we have these people, we have people like you, we have uh, people like Deepali Oja, who is, a, who is an attorney from India, um, and they re- all of them represent a large part of the population. So if only we can alert the population to the fact that they can fight back it doesn't even cost anything to join a class of people who are uh, who are um, fighting this, uh, who are uh, filing a complaint. If we manage to alert a large number of people to this possibility, then I think they will be they will be in panic for the first time in this.
2: Uh, look, in Vanuatu, we would be very very interested in um, hearing about the class action when it starts. Uh, Obviously, there's uh, private businesses in Vanuatu who've uh, also been talking to us about the fact that they've lost uh, business over the last two years. And uh, many uh, persons who suffered from uh, uh, the vaccines. We have a lot of uh, anecdotes. Obviously, it's not official data, but persons who contacted us saying that they suffered from the vaccines themselves. And uh, we would be very much interested in and uh, where it's possible to to be party to the case when it comes on board in the meantime we're really happy that uh, uh you're going to be able to assist us in getting some legal support so we can uh, move this case in terms of uh, uh prosecuting our own government for breaching our own constitution and, and not standing up for the rights of the people as they should and yeah. listening to uh, people who are not supposed to be making policy decisions in the country, they are supposed to be just providing advice for us to yeah. make decisions for our people in our country. So we are interested in moving this case forward, and we're really are happy that uh, there is possibility for some uh, legal uh, assistance from from the lawyers that you have access to. It would really help us a lot.
0: Yeah, we also, you know, we also have can provide you with um, experts because we already have like um, expertise by the experts like Professor Ulrike Kemmerer, for instance, you know, who has done a lot of work on the PCR test and shown that it's uh, good for nothing. And so we can really provide you with all these information also about the dangers of the vaccine. There's a lot of um, information that I don't know if you also um, have to do with like the mask uh, terror that we experience, and that's also really dangerous. And we've also have um, proof of that, you know, that it um, gets, uh, you know, gets the, Thank mm-hmm this um That you have less oxygen and all these things that are really bad for your health. So I think we can really provide you with that and also with with um, legal briefs that maybe you can then adapt to the legal situation in your country. I mean, we're basically fighting with the same stuff all over the world because we also have these, you know, basic rights, these constitutional rights, and uh, you know the dignity of the human being, all that. And but it's really just like they trample on it with their feet. That's the same. In your country and in our country as well and everywhere around the world so it's a really um, absolute uh, bizarre constellation that's unheard of but i think it's really good that we join forces globally and therefore i think it's also really important that you've now have joined the the crowd of uh, you know of people who want to fight back that's very important
2: no thank you that would be really really useful to also have the expert witnesses for us to be able to get the case going as said, we have already given notice to the government that we will be suing the government. We have yet to register the case in the courts of the uh, Vanuatu, but uh, we need to basically work with those experts in pre- preparing our brief, so that the lawyer in uh, in country can, of course, represent us as the only ones who are admitted to buy in the courts of the Republic of Vanuatu. But it will be really nice to get uh, expert uh, witnesses there as well so that we can present a good case. And I said, we've already given notice to the government of Vanuatu, but we have yet to register the case in the courts.
3: Excellent, excellent. Um, We have, um, there is a core group of international lawyers who are working very hard to uh, help our American colleagues to file such a complaint. Um, Very competent people. Um, And I think maybe we can even help you with one of the cease and desist letters or whatever else uh, you are doing in order to tell your government, hey, listen, you have to represent us and not the World Health Organization. Um, Whatever it takes, if you, maybe it helps for this group of lawyers to write a letter of support, we'll talk about this some more. We will stay in touch because this is so important. For the very first time, the entire world is seeing how a country is being taken over, how they try to take over an entire country by rough roughshod over people's rights, over people's sovereignty. That's a crime. Um, so I am I'm very, uh, we both of us are very honored and pleased that you took the time and the effort uh, to talk to us. Um, is there something else that you want the people to, uh, the world to understand?
2: Um, just um, just that Vanuatu is a very small place and whenever such experimentation as is described by uh, in the rest of the world, in, in Vanuatu we know the persons, we know which offices they occupy and we know what they're doing. And when we see the agenda that is being set up, we can see what kind of pieces of legislation are already in place. So in terms of the, um, the, the, the decide to totally dominate the country. The elements are already in place to further this thing. We're just talking about the vaccination program, but yeah. there's other bits and pieces that are already there in terms of trying to take off people's privacy, uh, people's uh, um, information, uh, their property, and and the digital currency as well. So I can describe uh, fairly quickly what uh, is already in place in the country, if that's interesting. Yes. Um, yeah, so essentially with regards to, say, uh, personal information, we've got uh, now national IDs, which were not there before. And these national IDs have QR codes, which basically are uh, now preparing the people. So there was a time when uh, we we mandated everybody to have uh, national IDs. If you didn't have national IDs, you wouldn't get on the plane. So basically now everybody in vanuatu has got national IDs, which We didn't have, just say, five years ago, and uh, also our passports are being digitized so that you can track people with their passports. And uh, we are now linking all of those back together so that you can have uh, information from health. So the um, the attempt was made to have uh, vaccine cards, but they're not exactly IDs per se yet. Um, So the attempt has not obviously completed in terms of what uh, what was the design. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, processes in place to uh, begin to have uh, voting monitored using national IDs. So they have uh, set up systems uh, to um, link to the geographical information system, so you can track people in time at the life while they're going to vote so you can see how many people have voted how how many people have not voted and this attempts to uh, make um, well change the the electoral system so that that can also become digital when it's currently manual and that's not necessarily who per se; it's like uh, u.n organizations Um, so in terms of uh, uh, national ids we're now basically set up because we are linking up all the different databases that were there before, so that everything can be monitored and controlled. Uh, In terms of um, uh, currencies and and monies, um, we have the national payment systems legislation passed last year, so that instead of using cash, we can now go to electronic money. And uh, the two telephone companies in Vanuatu, one is Vodafone and the other one is uh, Digicel, Digicel is owned by Telstra, which is the uh, Australian uh, tele- telecommunications company. And uh, Vodafone is basically interlinked in terms of technology to Huawei, the ch- Chinese uh, um, in- international company. And uh, now they've, uh, uh, they're promoting their, their digital currencies, which is mva uh, 2 and uh, MyCash. So by passing the legislation last year, basically we've enabled for for there to be a change of uh, currencies so or monies from cash to digital currency. Uh, the, um, the central bank uh, digital currencies legislation is not yet in place, but we assume that it's going to be coming on board soon if this program continues. Uh, in terms of people's properties, that's where I think in Vanuatu, we're still able to uh, fight back quite a bit because uh, not all the uh, people's properties is, is uh, Uh, entered in a digital form or in a paper form in in any central place. Because the land in Vanuatu is in in accordance with the constitution belongs to the customary owners and their descendants. And those customary owners and their descendants have not registered all their properties and their boundaries. So it is still possible to have some kind of uh, fight back if there's uh, attempt to control uh, personal uh, properties, I mean, yeah, people's properties and, and also control people through uh, financial transactions and, and monitor individual um, individual uh, movements and individual uh, transactions. So we can see in, the, in Vanuatu as we continue to monitor, we can see all the bits and pieces that are trying to be fitted in place so that this world domination can happen. So I think it's a, an interesting uh, place to continue to watch so that we could see how how the uh, World Economic Forum agenda is being implemented in a small place where we know everybody.
0: Well, I I mean, here we have this, you know, like they are trying to grab our property away from us because they, um, you know, they have in place a, a sort of a taxation system like uh, that we are supposed then f- to pay for the damages for the um, for the vaccination victims. You know, like it's kind of they, they set up a, like a fund. And so they're going to be paying out money and at the same time they, they put some sort of mortgage or like that's the idea to at some point uh, put some sort of mortgage on the houses like just after the war you know, and so you have to pay for that. And I mean, imagine this constellation, then you have like digital money that you only get like when you're vaccinated, and there's no cash that you can make otherwise and maybe you just maybe it's also like a limited maybe it's some sort of basic income kind of constellation and um then they you have to pay these taxes or mortgages on your house so they might you know like just take the house away from you and what i've just seen in in ukraine they've introduced some sort of um digital um payment possibility and that you get only when you're vaccinated two times and you can only use this currency uh, for certain uh, uh, goods or services you know that's already so they're starting i mean it doesn't seem to be like a uh, i don't know what's going on there really but it's amazing that whatever you know they they in this crime or war war scene they're using energy to to inst- install such a digital uh, currency so um i don't know like i mean it seems to be a very very strong agenda like pushing in that direction
3: yes and uh, it appears that they have already gone further in your country because it's so small than in most of the other countries because this is this is all supposed to happen in our countries as well Uh, the drive to to, to a one world digital currency, to digitalizing everything, we have to fight this. We definitely have to fight uh, this. And the thing is, there is going to be a vote. Nobody knows about this because this is happening behind our backs while we're all watching Corona. Oh, how dangerous. Uh, They're doing this behind our backs. The World Health Organization, which is the same thing as the World Economic Forum, the UN, it's all the same people who are behind this. They um, have introduced a a measure uh, which they're going to vote, the WHO member states, which they're going to vote on, and this measure says that basically all of our national constitutions do not count anymore, but it's only the constitution that the World Health Organization invented, plus the international health regulations. I didn't even know what that is. It's another invention by the World Health Organization. These laws will uh, override all of our national laws. This has nothing to do with democracy. You are democratically elected politicians because your people voted for you, no one voted for the WHO. No one voted for these laws. No no uh, democratically elected person voted for these laws in this constitution. So this is what's going to happen. The big ex- advantage that your country has is that it's so small. Because as you said, everyone knows everyone, so you can tell them you can run, but you cannot hide. Or maybe in your case, you can swim, but you cannot hide. <laughs> <laughs> So ultimately, if you decide, and I think you will, uh, to disengage, to disconnect from them because you don't need them. They need you, but you don't need them. We don't need them either. But most people here in, in Germany are still um, somehow hypnotized by, uh, by their power and their power only derives from money and their money has been stolen from us. <laughs> But in your country, I think people are much more capable and it's going to be much easier to tell them to leave, leave you alone and to disconnect from their digitalization, et cetera, et cetera, both the passport, who who needs a digitalized passport? Who needs needs digitalized currency? And revert back to uh, your national sovereignty to have your own legal system, to have your own, Healthcare system, your own system of education, and your own way of uh, economics. I think it's going to be much easier in a place like yours. That's why it's so important that we stay in touch and show the rest of the world how it can be done. I'm really, I'm, I'm very honored to be able to talk to you. This is extremely important.
1: Yeah, we, we think we, we, we think we have a a lot of uh, uh, stories to tell. About what is going on, like we we seeing a lot of these things happening first we We seeing it uh, right before our eyes, and uh, we know the people who are going around with this uh, agenda. And uh, the thing is, the quicker we we, we fight this, uh, the, the better, you know, to stop them from, you know, advancing their agenda even even more. And so. Uh, We've been talking to a lot of our people. The thing that, uh, as you know, Vanuatu, we have 83 islands. It's it's a archipelago of 83 islands. Mm-hmm. Our population is is, is uh, relatively small, 314,000 people. And uh, uh, in the remote areas, uh, it's very difficult uh, for people to have access to important government services and health is is one of them. And so what these people are, are, have been using is, is money that you know when they come to our place and because they know our challenges that we need uh, money to develop our health system our education system our infrastructure and so they come with the money and when they give this money to our politicians you know already when they show the dollars to our politicians the negotiation is already being shifted to their funders you know to take over the programs and everything and so that's that's basically what what has been happening in our case because you know as a developing country we want to develop and so when they saw us money they saw the politicians the money uh, the politicians we saw oh, yeah, we think it's a good program it's not a good program it's just because of the money
2: <laughs> but it's um
1: how, it's can, really, you, how
0: can you oh, sorry
2: Go ahead. No, I, was, I was just going to say quickly that it's very good that we are partnering because many a times uh, we need to have the analysis to be able to p- uh, fit the bits and pieces together to be able to advocate. As members of parliament, of course, we can ask these questions in parliament, which means that the whole population is listening in. And if we are able to tell the story relatively easily, so everybody can understand what's happening in terms of the international uh, global agenda it would be very easy for them to see how their rights do not coincide with the the, the mystic global, as you said. So mm-hmm. then they can stand up and fight. So we are able to provide the mouthpiece, the opportunity to uh, do public education. And we need to continue to work together so that we can get the uh, just-in-time information on what's happening globally so that we can see how the tricks or pieces fit together in our small country.
0: I, I was wondering, so you can reach like all your folks like through um, through internet or through how can you reach them if they're in remote areas?
1: Satsa, so, we, we live in a communal society so mostly our people are being looked after by the chiefs and the church leaders and other community leaders and uh, sometimes we just you know call the chiefs or the church leaders or okay. other community leaders and they, they can talk to the people on our behalf but as members of parliament, we normally travel to our constituencies and you know, go around the, the island by by boat or uh, with a good truck that goes on those uh, muddy and rough roads to get to our people and talk to them.
3: Very good. yeah. Okay, yeah. very good. That's the, I think that's still the best way to communicate. One-on-one, <laughs> talk to them instead of using the internet. I mean, sometimes in this case, for example, this is very helpful, of course, but mm. usually it makes, a lot of sense to talk to the people directly, they can see you, they can hear you, You'll they'll know that you are speaking the truth, because you can see it from people if they're authentic or not, if they're real or not. Those people on the other side of the fence, they're not authentic, you can see that they're lying to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I was well, wondering also one last question Do, are you aware of like what the pathology conference has found out you know because we have there like uh, several pathologists like in in Germany um like working really hard on like seeing what kind of damages the uh, vaccines cause in people and we also have um investigation like of the vaccines themselves so there's been analyzed in laboratories we got hold of uh, of vials and you know like took a deeper dive into like um, finding out what's what's really going on there and there's a lot of information um that we can also provide you with and it turns out that like for instance the vaccines are um, uh, you know damaging these uh, um, what you call this in english like the uh, aorta you know these um, the the blood vessels basically like your body and and causing like ruptures you know so people are getting all of a sudden like something that used to be really rare you know that your the stomach um, vessel kind of blows up uh, breaks that's that's now happening uh, more and more so um, you know there's a lot of uh, symptoms that you can see from that and there's uh, like quite a bit of information out there already and we can also provide you with that also as a warning to your people so that they must really stay away especially from from the booster shot, which seems to be like, um, in, adi- in addition to the others, has sort of extra effects. As also what we saw from from Israel, where there's information available, uh, quite a bit, and it seems that that's especially dangerous. So people should not be uh, be lured or or coerced into going ahead with additional shots.
1: Yes, um, we, we like the narrative keeps uh, narrative keeps on changing. They, they told us that it was going to be, you, you only need two uh, chaps, two shots for full protection. And then they never told us there was another short coming. Uh, after one year, they've come uh, back to us and, uh, to tell us that, no, you need a booster sword. So now people are beginning to know that there is something else called a booster shot. Uh, it's, it's the third uh, chap uh, actually. and so. Uh, We've been telling them, these people are lying, you know, it's going to go up to number four, like Israel has already gone up to number four. So, yeah. uh, but with, with uh, the information that you're sharing with us, I think it's uh, going to be uh, very helpful to us if you could share that information to us so we can, you know, give to our people. And, and uh, just before we, we finish, let me uh, convey our, our, our very deep appreciation and thank you. To you, Dr. Reina and uh, and Madame, for for the tremendous work that you are doing, uh, and for the assistance that uh, you are, have indicated to over to us as we continue to fight. Uh, this is this means a lot to us, especially mm-hmm. in this part of the world where is sometimes we say it's, it's so remote and and resources and uh, access to. You know, important uh, uh, people, uh, specialists like yourself, is, is very uh, challenging at times. But, uh, you know, with, with this opportunity that we have with you, uh, uh, on my behalf and, and my colleague, M.B. John Salom, and our people, we would like to, you know, thank you very much for, for the work that you're doing. And we know that uh, we have a fight uh, uh, before us, and we, we are standing together with you. To continue in this fight and, and surely we will win this fight. We know we will win the fight.
3: We will win this fight. And you are fight. just as honored. Um, Honorable Andrew napuad and John Salong. John and Andrew, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. It's really good to be connected with people like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We will be in touch. We'll talk again.
1: Okay. Thank, Thank you, very, you much. very
3: much. Have a Thanks great so day. You. Thank you. Yes.
1: Bye-bye. Yep, yeah, bye.